Welcome to Acts to Life, and uh, we're going to continue with our church structure uh, series. This has been going on for a few episodes now, and um, if you've not listened to the previous episodes of this series, please go back through those because we are continuing uh, to build on the previous episodes uh, as we go through this. And so today we are talking about church structure um, and, of course, choosing the right people. Uh, but now we're looking at the contributor. Uh, we were talking about uh, when choosing the right people, we've been looking at character. Then we looked at calling. And now it's the uh, contributor, uh, which I would, you know, because I wanted C's, you know, for everything, calling, character, contributor. Uh, but but it's really just the individual. It's the personality of the individual. And um, obviously character comes first. Uh, we want the character of the individual, the heart of an armor bearer, um, we want that as priority when we are choosing the right people, and um, I, I think that is vital. Um, it comes before, you know, giftings comes before talents comes before personality. Uh, character does come first. Um, then comes the callings and the giftings. You know, we don't want uh, if someone's got the gift of administration. You know, you know, why are we putting them over this ministry over here? You know, um, if they are. Um, someone that works an altar and God just moves through them through the altar. Why on earth would I want them in the back of the kitchen uh, uh, stirring the mac and cheese? You know, um, it's not that we as individuals cannot do other things than what our calling is. So uh, I use this in the last episode of, well, I'm called to preach. Well, can you move some chairs? You know, we, we need some chairs moved real quick before our Bible study starts. Well, I'm called to preach. Well, yeah, but I mean, can you just get some chairs out of the next room and, you know, kind of help set them out? You know, um, you know, we should be willing to help out in different things. Um, you know, it may not be what we're really called to do, uh, but, you know, be willing to, hey, yeah, I can set out some chairs. OK, yeah, I can um, uh, stir some mac and cheese or, you know, whatnot. Um, we do want to make sure that we are um, being beneficial in the kingdom of God. And, um, of course, one uh, a little side note here. I might try to do an episode on this. Sometimes it's okay to say no. Um, a lot of people <gasps> say no to something in ministry. Sometimes you need to say no. Okay. There's just sometimes like, no, um, I do not feel that right now. This is what I'm doing. Uh, I'll, I'll give you an, an example, just a personal example here. But um, I remember when I was meeting with my pastor and, and we was going over some things and, you know, where my calling is and where I'm wanting to head in ministry. And, and um, you know, he's been on board with it. He's been trying to be supportive and give some guidance and help me get to where I need to go. And um, he asked, you know, what kind of ministries am I currently involved in? And I told him uh, there was like three or four different things I was involved in. And uh, his instruction was, hey, I, I need you to pull out of those things. Um, go ahead and, you know, say no to him. He says, don't be afraid to say no, you know, pull out of those because I, I'm going to work on some things in the background to get you here. I'm going to help get you where you feel like you are called to go. And so that's what I did. You know, I pulled out of the two or three ministries that I was currently in and, um, and we've been slowly kind of working through some things and building some things up and so forth. And so, I'm just sliding this in here with this episode, and maybe I do an episode dedicated to this, but don't be afraid to say no. Um, you know, 
we shouldn't say to no to everything. Obviously, we should be willing to do things. It's a balance. You know, if if they need some chairs to put out, you know, right before the uh, right before the Bible study starts, okay, fine. You know, put out a few chairs. You know, uh, pastor asks you to do X, Y, Z. Okay, great. You know, go ahead and just take care of that for him. You know, uh, you know, your music director, you know, is asking, hey, can you do this real quick? Sure, no problem. You know, there's some things that we can do to help for sure. Um, but the thing is, is that we want to. Uh, keep a balance and not lose focus, not experience burnout and so forth. So, you know, if we've got somebody that's amazing and ultra working and that is their gifting and calling, I don't want them back there stirring mac and cheese. I want them in the altar working the altar. Anyway, so now, now we're looking at the personality, the individual of the person. This is not uh, a priority over callings. This is not a priority over character, anything like that. This is the the last thing about choosing the right, or the right people. Um, and and these are tools that I'm offering here. Um, they're just tools in the toolbox. Um, don't take these religiously. Don't take these. These are uh, one said and done. Um, that this is, oh, this is God talking to me that, yeah, this is, yeah, whatever. I can't do that ministry because this quiz told me X, Y, Z. No, these are just tools in the toolbox. Um, and the first one is the Myers-Briggs. If you have not taking, uh, taken the Myers-Briggs uh, personality uh, test, um, I do recommend it. Um, it's one of the best ones out there. I know there's the colors test and then some other things, but um, I, I think if there was only uh, two tests um, that you could take uh, for personality and so forth, this is one of them. Um, it's called 16 Personalities or the Myers-Briggs. And so there's 16 personalities, and I won't go through each one of them and what they mean or anything like that. There's a lot of information out there on that. Um, but there's the architect, there's the, uh, 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 commander, there's, um, the protagonist, the campaigner, there's the defender, et cetera, et cetera. And it divides them out into these 16 personalities. And it gives you some information on these pages of, you know, what kind of ideal careers, uh, what m usually motivates this type of person, what usually kind of drains this individual, uh, likes, dislikes, career choices, et cetera, et cetera. And not everything is going to match you. I mean, when you take this, not everything is just like, oh, yeah, that's 100% spot on. Um, you know, it might be a 90% or it could be like an 82%, whatever. But um, look at this as just as a tool in the toolbox just to glean some things to learn about yourself and about other people. If you are over a team of people, um, first take this yourself, learn a little bit about this uh, Myers-Briggs um, uh, test, and, um, and kind of look at it. And, of course, uh, the different letters, they give you letters. So every type has like four, four letters. So it's an E or an I. Um, you know, it's got, uh, um, uh, um, S or an N, then it's a T or an F, or it's a, uh, then it's a J or a P. Uh, so E extroverts, I introverts, S for sensors, N for uh, intuitives, uh, T for thinkers, F for feelers, J for judgers, and P for perceivers. 
Uh, so it's a combination there. And once you kind of figure out what where you're at with the scale and you're over a team, then I encourage you then reach out to your team and ask them to do it. Share with one another, talk with one another, write down what they are and uh, kind of pick up on things and ask them saying, hey, what really connected you on this on this quiz and on your results? I mean, is there anything that resonated with you? Is there anything that kind of caught your attention? Oh, yeah, this kind of caught my attention and this, this, and this, and this. Okay, that's great. And there's some things if there's like, no, that doesn't fit me. That, that yeah, I don't relate to that. Okay, well, just throw it out. No big deal. It's just a tool in the toolbox. Then the uh, second quiz that I recommend is the Enneagram. Um a tool in the toolbox here. Um, and um, it's another personality uh, uh, quiz that just kind of gives you some more information from a different point of view. It gives three different types or categories. Um, it's the heart types, head types, and body types. Um, heart is really depending on more of the emotional intelligence, uh, their understanding of their reactions and connecting with other people. Uh, the head types, they depend more on their intellectual, um, their uh, cognitive abilities, uh, where they try to make sense of things and they try to navigate the world around them from an intellectual standpoint. And then there's the body types. Uh, they depend on more of their instincts. Uh, they follow that gut feeling, uh, especially when threats or opportunities arise. And of course, uh, within this, um, each one of these, so the heart type, uh, there's three different ones, uh, the giver, the achiever, and the individualistic. Uh, the head types, there's the investigator, the skeptic, and the enthusiast. And then the body type is the challenger, the peacemaker, and the perfectionist. Um, and once again, I'm not going through all of these and so forth, but I really do recommend uh, looking at this and diving into it and seeing where you're at with this. Um, it's It's... Once again, these are tools in the toolbox. I know I'm saying that like a broken record, but I truly mean it. It is a tool in the toolbox. It's not something that you build your ministry off of. It's not something you build your relationship with God off of. This is, does not take priority over character. This does not take priority over callings and giftings, but it does enable leaders, uh, uh, individuals to kind of learn more about themselves and kind of like what makes them tick, um, to kind of uh, uh, kind of gauge uh, some things that maybe they've been feeling, maybe some things that God has been laying on their heart, uh, but this kind of exploits it and go, oh, you know, God has really been, I feel like God's been really helping me with this or really pointing this out to me. Okay, you know, it just kind of confirms some things. You know, don't let this be, uh, oh, God spoke to me and this. Well, you know, my my Enneagram says that I'm this, this, and this. And, well, I can't be involved in that ministry. And No. Look at the character. Look at, at the callings and giftings first. And then look at character. Or the, I mean, the personality. Let the personality be more of confirmation. Um, it's just a tool in the toolbox. Get to kind of know people individually. Um, gives guidance uh, when we're interacting with people. Um, it keeps teams balanced. Um, if all you, if everybody that you've got on your team are like challengers, I mean, think about it. Like you, you've got six people on your team, and all of them are challengers. You're going to be sitting in those meetings forever, challenging one another. Uh, maybe 
um, you know, you got a, a, a committee, you know, you're, you're trying to make some decision stuff. You don't want your boards, you don't want your committee full of individuals that's analytical and diving into all the details and asking all the questions and all that stuff. It's just like, we will be in the meeting all day long and then come back tomorrow and do it all over again. You know, you want to balance within your team. You want to balance within your department. Um, with your leadership team, you want to balance. You want uh, the the encouragers. You want the givers. You want the achievers. You want the investigators. You want uh, the challengers, the peacemakers. Um, you know, you want the thinkers and the feelers and so forth. Um, you know, and when we are dealing with people, uh, ex- especially in ministry, um, you know, you have just the simple extroverts and introverts. Um, I'll pick on the extroverts and introverts for a while. So, you know, if if you are trying to build a team of people uh, to be hosts and hostesses um, out front, um, at the front door, and that's the door that everybody's coming in to the church. This is where everybody's coming into the church uh, uh, for services or Bible studies or whatnot, and that's where your guests are coming in. Um, do you really want your team to be built out of introverts? Well, nothing wrong with it. Um, as long as they know how to step out of their comfort zone and to really make people feel special and welcome and so forth. So introverts can most definitely do the job, but I will say that you'll probably drain your introverts. Um, You may not want to have your introverts uh, greeting at the door and then helping people get seated, and then, uh, uh, then of course, church service, and then going around uh, shaking people's hands and patting their babies and so forth, and then have your introverts to take out the new uh, guests and stuff like that for lunch, and then, of course, uh, then uh, have your introverts involved in a home Bible study on Sunday evening, and then, of course, don't forget they work all week with people. You will totally drain your introverts, okay? You, their batteries will be depleted, um, so you don't want to do that. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to take your extroverts. Nothing wrong of them uh, stirring the mac and cheese in the back of the kitchen, or um, maybe they are an intercessor. Maybe uh, uh, you need some people uh, in the back parking lot, kind of giving some guidance and and you know whatever you need in the back there. Um, and there's no other people around. Yeah, can they do it? Sure. Should they be willing to do it? Absolutely. Um, but, um, if you're constantly taking your extroverts and sticking them in a back corner somewhere and there's no people around, you're depleting them, um, as well. And you you don't want to do that. Um, obviously if the extrovert is all you got to help, um, uh, stir the mac and cheese, well, Hey, that's what you got. Um, you know, but we want to make sure that we are sending somebody back. Hey, how you doing? You doing good? Oh yeah, doing great. Just stirring the mac and cheese. Hey, we, we greatly appreciate you. You are awesome. Thank you for doing this. I know this is not maybe your comfort zone of being back here and stirring the mac and cheese. I know you'd probably rather be somewhere else uh, and interacting and hosting or greeting and stuff like that, but uh, we greatly appreciate you stepping in and filling the void here, you know, um, because, you know, we don't want to p- deplete our introverts and extroverts. We talked about burnout in the in the last episode. Um, and so we do he- have to be mindful of our introverts and extroverts. And not everybody is an extreme introvert or an extrovert. Not everybody is just like bouncing off the wall and just happy as happy can be every time they see a person. You know, it's like, <gasps> there's people. You know, not everybody is just full-blown extrovert, right? Um, many people are somewhere in the middle. 
And so you have to keep a balance with them. You know, don't stick them all around people all the time, but at the same time, don't stick them in the back. Okay, you got the point. Um, but using that as an example of introvert versus extrovert, um, you know, and and I'll kind of use it another, you know, kind of a silly example. But, you know, if, if they are more of a sensory uh, person, so meaning uh, they're more sensitive in their senses, their eyes, ears, and so forth. Uh, a lot of times those people work really well in, in the altars uh, because they sense things. They, they like, hmm, you know, something doesn't feel right there, you know, and, and perhaps, I'm not saying that everybody's like this, but perhaps they would have a gifting and calling of discernment. Um, and, and, you know, they also have the natural personality of sensing things, and so with their, their personality and the spiritual gifting, um, you probably want that person in the altar. You know, you'll probably want that person in the room somewhere when you're counseling individuals or teaching a home Bible study or whatever, because they'll pick up on things and go, there's something uh, there. That, that person right over there, they are hungry. Uh, you know, uh, they have a need or uh, God is working on them right now. You know, you want somebody like that that's sensitive within your church services or your altar working and so forth of picking up those kinds of things. Um, and then, of course, if you if you take that person and you never stick them around, you know, people, well, you're kind of, I'm not saying you're wasting uh, the talent and gifting and personality, but at the same time, you kind of are if you're hiding someone that has the sensitivity to other people. They sense things. They got the gift of discernment operating in their life. Why on earth would I want them? I am no, I'm picking on. If you, if you, if anybody listening to this, if you are in the kitchen stirring mac and cheese at your church, please understand I am not picking on you uh, uh, personally. That I do not mean anything personal by it. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just using that as an example that maybe a lot of people would relate to, and um, if. If, if we're sticking people back there in the kitchen, stirring the mac and cheese, I, I think we're doing a disservice sometimes to people that has the gift of discernment or whatnot, where we want them working in the altar. You know, we want that extrovert or we want uh, that person that's got a balance, you know, to be greeting, or we want this person over here because they got the gifting, the calling, but also they've got the personality that fits that so well. You know, we don't really... Uh, uh, we have to be careful with putting this very extreme extrovert, uh, a sensory uh, feeling uh, uh, a person in an administrative role. Can they do it? I'm sure there are many successful uh, people out there working in ministry that's, that's doing administrative work who are extroverted sensory feelers. I'm sure there are. Um, however, um, th there are some people we may not want to put in that kind of position, you know, because if they're extroverted, they're, they're, they're drawing their energy from being around people. If they're uh, a sensory person, then they're, they're, they could be easily distracted by the senses. And then if they're a feeler, then they kind of go by that, you know, that gut feeling of what they're feeling, uh, from off of people and their emotions and so forth. You know, and you sit them down and say, hey, I want you to uh, handle the church finances. And while you're handling the church finances, church is going on and they're sensing and they're feeling and they're, uh, the spirit's moving and, and they're, they're um, uh, amped up because of the people around them. And 
they're going to have a hard time focusing. You know, um, they still can do a good job, um, but, you know, just something to think about. Once again, personality does not take priority over character, giftings, and callings, but it's just a tool in the toolbox when we are investigating things and trying to figure out where to put uh, people um, and to build the right, uh, right team. So we're about 20 minutes into the um, um, the lesson here, the the episode. So I want to recap just a few things to close out this church structure, choosing the right people, because we first talked about in this series, at least within choosing the right people, biblical requirements of character, you know, the armor bearer, you know, hey, you know, whatever is in your heart, Jonathan, as that armor bearer was saying, hey, that that's what we're going to do. Do all that is in thine heart. I am with thee according to thine heart. Right. And, you know, the armor bearer, they serve, they protect and they fight. Right. We want somebody um, who's going to add value to the ministry, to the team and to the church. That's the character. Then we also have the callings and the giftings. So it's the discipleship. We really got to start working with this individual, discovering uh, those things with them. We need to sometimes be a Paul in their life. We need a Timothy that we're investing in. It's also good to have a Barnabas to encourage us and help us to grow. Um, you know, we want to overcome burnout. Uh, we want to help people get to where they need to go. Um, and of course, we want to tap into those giftings. You know, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, uh, tongues and, and faith, etc. Um, so we want to tap into those things, uh, the helping gifts. Uh, maybe uh, maybe they, they are a craftsman, you know, the craftsman of, of something. Well, we need to tap into that. Um, maybe they're a personal evangelist, you know, where they loved going to dark and, uh, uh, knocking on doors and inviting people to church and stuff. Uh, maybe they're just a helper. I mean, they may not know how to use a hammer. They may not be able to know how to do a, do a power tool or, or anything like that. But, man, they will get the water. They will be out there uh, just as hard as anybody else and just trying to help. Um, maybe they're hospitable. They're an intercessor. Uh, maybe they're merciful. Uh, maybe they have a, a, maybe a teaching gift. Whatever it is, we want to tap into those things and those giftings and talents. Um and utilize them the best that we can. Um, we also have, you know, within the fivefold ministry. Now, these are the offices, you know, the apostle, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And so, we want to make sure that we are uh, aware, uh, we're cognizant about uh, these offices. Um, if you know, if all the ministers in our church are evangelists, that's awesome. I mean, I'm sure your your church has got all kinds of new faces in there like every single time, and you're baptizing people like every week. And I, I mean, I'm sure that is phenomenal. Uh, but you also need some teachers in your church too. You need some people that's grounding these uh, babies in Christ, uh, some people that's going to raise these uh, babies up and let them become uh, uh, young men and women spiritually and then help them to grow, to grow into mature uh, Christians who's making more disciples. Um, you need apostles, you know, people that's overseeing everything and, um, um, you know, seeing the the dynamics, the culture, the environment, the direction, you know, the prophets. Hey, you know, if you've read the Bible, you know, those prophets are no joke. Um, those prophets, they just 
they point things out saying, hey, this is the direction we need to go. Here's the answer that you're looking for. Boom. All right. Then you got pastors. as the, Those are the guardians. Um, they're looking after the souls of the people, and uh, they should have the power to say yay or nay in your life uh, when you bring some things to them and, and those major decisions. Um you need the fivefold ministry operating in your church. You need those things. Um, you know, it's for the perfecting of the saints. It's for the work of the ministry. It's for the edifying of the body of Christ. And if you don't have these fivefold uh, um, ministers working in your uh, uh, um, um, your assembly, your congregation, um, or have access to them with your team or your department. Um, then it's out of balance. You need uh, a balance of these things. And um, because we don't want to be, as the Bible says, uh, children tossed to and fro, carried around with uh, every wind of doctrine. We don't want those things. We need these individuals that's got these giftings and talents. And then, of course, last of the episode here that we talked about this evening um, is that we want to tap into the personalities. It's not the highest priority thing. It's actually the lowest priority of what we've talked about here in this series. However, it's still a tool in the toolbox that we want to tap into so that we're not burning out and wearing out emotionally or mentally um, our people who are ushering or stuck in the kitchen or, you know, whatever it is, that if they're an introvert, we don't want to wear them out by always having them with people. And with extroverts, we don't want to drain them by sticking them by themselves. Uh, so we want to have a balance with things. We want to make sure that we have everybody at full potential, continually growing. And uh, there was a, uh, the close out here, uh, there was a, um, uh, a Christian counselor within the apostolic ranks. And, um, he explained it this way. He said that every person has three batteries. We have our, our physical battery, we have our mental, emotional battery, and we have our spiritual battery. And um, when when one of our batteries get low, because it, it's going to happen, uh, so your physical battery, you know, gets low. Maybe you're dealing with a cold or something like that. Um, you you can do fine. You know, if your uh, your spiritual battery and mental emotional battery is still going, you're still in good spirits. You, you know, uh, the person is is still good uh, spiritually and so forth. You'll pull through it. You'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, head cold that you want to sleep more and so forth, but you'll be fine. Um, maybe maybe you've kind of waned a little bit spiritually or something like that. But if you're in good spirits and your heart's right and uh, you've been getting your rest and eating right and stuff like that, you know, you can kind of motivate yourself and push yourself. Okay, I'm going to pray some more. I'm going to wake up early and pray a little bit more, you know, so forth. So you kind of push yourself through it. And then, of course, um, you know, he was saying that if you're a little low on two of your batteries, he says, then this is where a, a, a flag should go up. If, if you're uh, getting low um, uh, mentally and emotionally, and then you're also not getting your sleep. You're not eating right. Um, he says if, if you're uh, de battling depression, if you're um, battling anxiety and your your emotions and your mind is distraught and maybe you had a loss in the family, maybe you uh, um, uh, someone said something that was offensive or very hurtful to you and it just affected your life. Um, be careful. You know, I mean, you can pull through it if you're getting your sleep and eating right and stuff like that, and you're spiritually where you need to be. Yeah, you can pull through it and heal and so forth. It may take time, but you can do it. Uh, but be careful. 
be careful in that uh, that time because if you start missing uh, hours of sleep and you're not you're starting to eat unhealthy and then uh, your physical health starts being affected and then you're starting dealing with the head cold or you know whatever now two of your batteries are getting low he says be careful he said because when you got two batteries that are low he says it is a matter of time before your third battery is depleted and in this case in this example i gave then it's your spiritual battery and we cannot neglect these batteries uh, in, in our life. You know, if, if we're a little low on one, you know, if it's just a little something that was hurtful, it kind of affected us emission, uh, emotionally or whatever, then we need to get packed uh, back up. You know, we need to uh, read our Bible and keep our spiritual man going, make sure we're getting our sleep, eating right or whatever, so we can get our emotions back up to where they need to be. Um, if it's our physical, you know, head cold that we're dealing with, we need to make sure we're keeping ourselves in good spirit, washing our face, taking showers, you know, all this stuff, and then uh, make sure we get our rest and, of course, keep our spiritual man alive. And then, you know, because if we're getting low on two of the batteries, it is just a matter of time before the third one is depleted. And so the people in the world, you can imagine, if, if, if they are not where they're at, where they need to be spiritually, it does not take much for them to be depleted on all scales of life. And what we're dealing with right now, and I know I've got to get off of here because my timer's about to go off, is if the people in the world are not Holy Ghost filled, they're not right with God, they're they're not right where they where they need to be spiritually. Well, guess what? Our world is rushing them. Uh, rush here, rush there. You don't need to sleep. You need to do this. Drink a whole bunch of caffeine. You and we're they're draining their physical bodies. Well, guess what? They are now low on two things, and we've got a whole bunch of people that's dealing with anxiety and fear and emotional trauma and so forth. And we don't need them this day and this time, and for sure we don't need in the church. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Listening, and we'll see you next time.